0: Thank you conscious and we have enough understanding to grasp this information and to raise our consciousness and to eradicate this planet of the Dark Brothers, What he talks about, which are these elites. Uh, he's gone to other other planets and he's watched civilizations rise and fall and he blames the, these falls on dark, the Dark Brothers and they cause mankind's consciousness to, to descend back into darkness. You have to exercise unconditional love, You have to exercise these specific meditations that he talks about, and you have to be willing to seek, always seek the light, always make the right choice, always make the good decision, always be willing to do the right thing, uh, and also join together to overcome the power of the Dark Brothers because they're not that strong when we come together as one.
1: I'm proud to share with you TetraGen, which helps you transition to a healthier, happier, and thinner you without cravings or side effects. Our metabolic hormones are the underlying problem that doom every diet and exercise program to fail. They control our metabolism, cravings, how much we eat to feel satiated, blood sugar levels, and even our energy levels. Tetrogen is formulated with four clinically proven patent ingredients to help rebalance your metabolic hormones in roughly 15 to 20 days, depending on the amount of weight you want to lose. Once your metabolic hormones are rebalanced, you'll be on the path of long-term sustainable weight loss because tetrogen is the first in the world which is scientifically formulated with four clinically proven and patented active ingredients to help you reach your targeted weight and two distinct phases phase one we balance your metabolic hormones and phase two accelerate fat loss the best part is that Tetragen comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee so what do you have to lose besides weight learn more with the link below so do you think that we've advanced far enough as humans that we can start to get it now i mean because back then they thought they were gods because their technology made them gods but now we mm-hmm. kind of understand we might not be that advanced yeah. but we kind of can see how you know
0: right we're, we're getting to the point that folks talked about and i'm just going to read something for you real quick It's the last words of thrice great hermes these are the last words, and it's for it's for it's for us the people who are here right now in this 2019 era Wise words, although written by my decaying hand, remain imperishable through time, imbued with the medicine of immortality by the All-Master. Be unseen and undiscovered by all those who will come and go, wandering the wastelands of life. Be hidden until an older heaven births human beings who are worthy of your wisdom. We are the human beings now that are under a new heaven. We're here and we're ready and we're conscious and we have enough understanding to grasp this information and to raise our consciousness. And to eradicate this planet of the Dark Brothers, what he talks about, which are these elites.
1: And that's what I wanted to ask you too, the Dark Brothers. What does that mean? Dark their spirit mm-hmm. is dark, their soul is dark. What does that mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not a color of skin. It's the, well, the intent yeah. and the agenda is dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's the this um it's these elites, these elites of elites that go around and according to Thoth. They cause turmoil. They create wars. They create uh, conquer and divide systems, not only on Earth, but these Dark Brothers persist all throughout the entire galaxy on different planets have achieved, that have achieved civilizations. Uh, he's gone to other, other planets, and he's watched civilizations rise and fall. And he blames the, these falls on dark, the Dark Brothers. And they cause mankind's consciousness to, to descend back into darkness. This is why Thoth is depicted with that long beak. That long beak is the beak of an ibis bird, okay? which they just recently found one million ibis birds uh, mummified in Egypt. I got to go look it up and, and track it down. I want to do a full article on it, but where did they get a million of them? But the ibis bird, uh, to get its food, it has to put its beak deep into mud to get the sustenance and bring it back up. So... What it's saying is that Thoth is the archetype of an Ibis bird. In other words, he goes deep into darkness to bring darkness to light. And that's why he has always depicted with that face, that beak. Uh, So he is the one who's going around and he's really gone into darkness. He's seen and interacted with these dark brothers. And he says, in order for you to, um, to overcome them, you have to exercise unconditional love. You have to exercise these specific meditations that he talks about. And you have to be willing to seek, always seek the light, always make the right choice, always make the good decision, always be willing to do the right thing, uh, and also join together to overcome the power of the Dark Brothers, because they're not that strong when we come together as one.
1: Now, and one thing that I thought was interesting, and Thoas kept telling people he's not a god, he's just like us. Mm -hmm. And he was just a little, he was a wise Ayanunaki, right? Who, a teacher. Essentially, who cared, mm-hmm. and and then the people turned him into a god, and on, on their, you know, but he he wasn't. He was just a wise teacher, right?
0: Right, exactly. That's exactly right. He's one of the he's one of the uh, the very few Atlantean Anunnaki people that didn't masquerade as a god. Matter of fact, uh, in the first few verses of the Emerald Tablets, he lands his ship. Uh, he sees his temple from space, and it, so he goes. The temple lay deep beneath us. So he starts to descend, which means he's coming down, and land. And then they land by this ancient temple that's now coming out of their flood waters. And these barbarians come to attack him and, uh, and his crew. And he raises his staff and sends out a ray of vibration and freezes them in their tracks. And then he walks up to them. He releases them from this frequency weapon that he's got. Uh, and then he shows them some trinkets from his pocket, probably you know some doodads or whatever it is. And they thought he was a god right away. And they start groveling at his feet. He raises them up and says, no, hey, guys, we're the sons of Atlantis. We're here to help you know, bring this area back to a high level of civilization. That was his perfect opportunity right there to say, yes, I am your God. Bow to me. Pray to me. And all this. And many times throughout the Emerald Tabits, in his words, you hear him talking, not only calling himself a son of Atlantis, sometimes he calls himself the son of man. And that's the same term utilized by who? Jesus, also known as really Yeshua in the modern day Bible. I am the son of man. That's where he got it from. Either he is Thoth or he was taught by him in the same exact teachings. But, uh, you know, so he never, ever masqueraded as a God. He wanted to be the bringer of wisdom, the bringer of knowledge. This is where the word thought comes from. Thought comes from Thoth. That's where the word comes from. And, uh, and cal- chemistry and alchemy come from the land of Chem where he raised them up after the uh, last flood in the land of chem and developed chemistry and alchemy.
1: So he was an amazing person in our past, just like we've had some amazing people in, you know, that through history, he was one of those just very wise people that try to teach people. Now, the humans back there all thought they were gods. Now, is that kind of what the whole Greek gods and Roman gods and all that stuff came from?
0: Yeah, the Greek gods and Roman gods all came from the Anunnaki. They're all talking about the Anunnaki people. So for example, over many eons, their names changed depending on the uh, civilization. So uh, if you go into uh, the Atlantean civilization, it's Thoth, T-H-O-T-H. The land of Cam is still Thoth. But even then, when it became more and closer to the, closer to the dynastic era, he became Dehuti, Tahuti. all these different names over there in, in Africa. Uh, as he left out of there from fighting against his brother and went over to um, Mesoamerica, he became Quetzalcoatl, Kukulkan, Lord Lord uh Veracocha; those various names. Uh, and then, when you look at the Greeks, much later, then all of a sudden he's now Mercury, Poseidon. I'm sorry, not, but that was en- 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 Enki was Poseidon. He was Mercury. He was Odin. Um, Enki, who was also over uh, um, over the land of uh, uh, Sumeria. Mesopotamia, was also known as Poseidon in Greek. Uh, in Egypt, Enki was known as Pata. Uh, you know, so yeah, their names are just, you know, depending on what civilizations there, they get these different names. Uh, and so in Greek, all those Greek gods are all these Anunnaki pantheons. The, the Anunnaki, the Sumerian, was the first one to say pantheon. That comes from the Sumerian tablets. There was a pantheon of Anunnaki that came here, And then much later, those names in that same pantheon was then converted into the the Greek pantheon, and they changed their names, but they're they're really the same exact same exact people.
1: So now, did they actually interact with people throughout that time and then disappear, and then our modern religions formed? I Mm -hmm. mean, because that's one of the theories is that they that I mean these people weren't crazy. They because they have stories of them talking to these gods. They were actually talking to these people. And then they disappeared,
0: yeah, they talked with them, they lived with them, they interacted with them on a daily basis. They were in their face um, and then uh, you know they had a couple of wars. The last war that occurred was uh, a nuclear level war, and the evidence of that nuclear war is can be found uh, in Mohenjandaro, in the Indus Valley, where you have buildings that turn to glass, you have sand turned to glass. If you go to uh, to, to Cairo and go to Giza. If you put your hand in the sand, which I've done, you pull up balls of glass. That's from 3,000-degree temperature heat. So you're getting evidence more of a nuclear blast there. No matter where you go in that region, you're going to start to find these vitrified buildings You find in, like I said, in, this, in the Indus Valley, bodies still having high level of radiation, still in the street holding hands, dead, untouched till this very day. Uh, so this war was really bad, and it caused this massive uh, plume of... Um, of high, highly radiated gas to blow around the planet. Some Anunnaki got in their ships and took off, and some stayed to try to survive. And I think those are some of the bloodlines that are still here, persisting till this very current day. But um, yeah, that was, and so what happened was with humans, of course, what we, what we always do, we become a cargo cult. Anytime a more advanced civilization interacts with a less advanced civilization, uh, and then that less advanced civilization sees them leave or they're gone, by the second or third generation, they become gods for sure. Now, when they were here, we thought they were gods, because we were really not at a high level at all. But for sure, after they were gone, that's where you see rituals occur. Like, we got to sacrifice virgins into this well, because we need them to come back and make it rain. we got to kill this guy and take his heart out so the gods will be pleased, and all this crazy, barbaric stuff. That was all god worship for gods that had long, or people, really, in my opinion, that had long left. They were just more advanced than us. And we became a massive cargo cult. We then created religions. Various different re- religions were created behind this. And the most, the most famous one now, obviously, is, is Christianity, which is primarily based off of ancient Sumerian tablets and ancient Indian texts that really have nothing to do with what's being, you know, their, what they think their real endgame is. A lot of that's fabricated and in contorted information for the purpose of control.
1: Well, and you know that because it's copied word for word from these texts that you've been reading, right?
0: That's the scariest part. And when you talk to somebody who's really, really religious, they don't want to open their eyes to see it, but the evidence is all around them. And the evidence, they can go look it up. They can go to the online cuneiform library, UCLA online, CDLI cuneiform library, and get the stone tablets and look at them themselves. They're all translated there. They can get on a plane if they're not in the area. To Cambridge, go to the library. There's translated stones there. They can go to the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, England. There's stones there. I mean, all this information is there. Then open your book and read what it says and find out oh my God, this is copied text. This is copied information. The full story of the book of Noah can be found in the Epic of Gilgamesh. I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's all copied and and poorly plagiarized in most cases and a lot of mistranslations and a lot of additions, like a crucifixion was added. Lake of fire, hell was added, the rapture was added. All these things were added in more recent times uh, for the purpose and sake of control. Things like obey your slave master and where Jesus is saying, treat your slave master like you would worship your slave master like you would worship me. I mean, these kind of things are That's clear just agenda-based, yeah. yeah, you know, agenda-based topics, yeah.
1: But you know, one thing that is absolutely fantastic is that um, we have learned that love is the most powerful frequency. Yes, and it's yep, with absolutely. water the way, it, and so, and that we're all connected. So there's there's more to it. They taught humans how to worship, but not this stuff, right? I mean, it yeah. love. They they taught that the love is so important. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, talking I mean, about? Okay.
0: See, let's talk about you know and uh, the the forty two laws of Maat from the uh, Egyptian Book of the Dead. Um, you know, things like that. That was the old, that was the um, that was where you got the uh, 10 commandments basically. That's what came from there. So, there was a record of these teachings coming down to keep mankind in line and in order, treat people as you would have them treat yourself, trying to keep the peace between humans. A little bit later, though, it became really, really weird in certain areas where different people were now ruling and they were making the humans fight each other, and this um, this divide and conquer system came into place, and then where some of these Anunnaki rulers who were ruling different regions wanted to steal from each other, they would use humans as cattle to go do, to fulfill the wars. So, like in the book of Deuteronomy, all of a sudden, all this peace and love and all this, uh, you know, obey and, I mean, uh, you know, be, be, treat the other people like you would have them treat you and all, all went out the window. When in the book of Deuteronomy, the battle started happening. I want you to go halfway around this world to this other place, kill these people, kill the women. It even says rape the women. This is in the Bible. Some Christians have never read the book of Deuteronomy, because why? Nobody tells them to read it, and they don't like to do whatever they're not told to do, unfortunately. I hope it doesn't offend anybody, but it's a fact. Uh, but in that book, you find that just they're being told to rape women, kill children, even kill their pets and animals, and then bring back the spoils of war. This is all... That's not the creator of the universe, all-loving, all-loving God talking. That is a person talking, that is masquerading as a god, using human beings as cattle to, to do to fulfill their agenda. So in different books, it's about love. And in different books, it's about kill and destroy and rape and, and everything else. It contradicts so many different ways. And this is why, um, you know, people are only taught specific scriptures and specific quotes to say and read. They don't really teach you to go through the entire book and learn everything in there. They have you reading these small, compact areas so that they can make you feel good about yourself and everything else. But there's so many areas that contradict everything in there and it's really, a, a, it's really detrimental to a lot of people, it has been. And all people need to do is just ask the one question, how did Christianity get spread around the entire planet? People go, oh, because it was written that it would be preached through all four—no, that's not how it got there. It got there by rape, by murder, by killing, by bloodshed, by force. That's how it got put around the planet. It was an absolute warmongering crusade to put this thing in place around this entire planet people in Mexico think that they're latin they're not latin they're indigenous mayans I mean, you know they're only speak spanish because it was beaten to them and raped into them uh so it's just you know it's um people have to really get to the next level and realize if i'm going to base my eternity on something i should probably dig into it a little bit deeper and find out where the source material came from to create this book you know
1: well and and those who was so wise is like jesus who was so loving mm-hmm. and and right. caring Um, so the Jesus character is teaching just beautiful, um, high level understanding of what things Mm -hmm. are. And science is showing that love and that behavior does raise your vibration and make you what he says. I mean, so science and, and, and Jesus's teachings and uh, what we, say, it all matches up. So there is something to this, but we have to understand that. The human beings got involved and corrupted it too, and Anunnaki or whoever problem. else. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's the problem. The real message here, behind the scenes, if you can get away all the fake stuff that was added in and all the contorted information, the real mission and message from Jesus, which is Yeshua, and also Thoth, is the message that unconditional love is the key to escaping this matrix. If you want to get out of this matrix, you have to exercise unconditional love because that is the lo- that frequency will literally. Because every time you get yourself in the mode of unconditional love and caring for another person, being in service to others, what happens is you literally then create a vibrational frequency subatomically in your body that resonates with the universe in a positive way. Your thoughts become high power, high frequency thoughts. So every time you think, your brain emits an electromagnetic frequency. And what is that? It's light. We think thoughts of light. This is a light universe. Every thought that you think creates a frequency of light that literally comes out of your head out into space-time. But when you're thinking from a position of unconditional love and a position of, of happiness and excitement and joy, that frequency is a high vibration, scientifically proven. And now what happens is you're able to uh, enable or enact the law of attraction, uh, manifestation, and all these other types of things to have what, what really was Jesus was talking about, to bring heaven to earth. It wasn't so much about dying so that you can live people got it really all screwed up they don't understand the mission is to bring heaven to earth and how do you do that you go into your temple you exercise unconditional love you be in a a service to others and we were sent here to save ourselves we're not waiting we are the we are the Messiah each and every one of us is the Messiah we're here to save ourselves and what does that mean if something uh, needs to be invented, we invent it. We need to find a way to help people in third world countries that have power, we invent, uh, we invent something that can help those people. We go, the, the well the well ran dry, we need to find a way to bring water to the people. We help ourselves, and when we find a way to do that, now we're the messiahs. Uh, and that's really what it's all about. As a matter of fact, one of the things that Yeshua said or Jesus said in the Bible was, we were, we were supposed to achieve more things than he did. We're supposed to have more powers than he even had. The power is in our bodies, and this is what people are not understanding. So I talk about in my lectures, the energy and the power is already inside of us because the divine spark that created everything on this grid, this energetic grid that we're living in, is inside of our avatar bodies as well, and our consciousness has control over it. And when we realize how much power we have, then we'll realize how much of an effect we can have on the world around us and really truly be a blessing to everyone on this planet.
1: Now, what is this avatar body? Concept that you're talking about, we all saw the movie Avatar and and yeah. things. Um, is that essentially the concept that we exist elsewhere and our consciousness is here in this meat suit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're not here; like we're being beamed in, like like a frequency. So what happens is um, uh, it, the the brain does not create consciousness; it only downloads consciousness, and this has already been proven scientifically proven in laboratories. They discovered that, by accident, they would put people in rooms and have them look at photos with a cap on their head that had sensors to read the frequency of the brain waves to see what they look like on a computer if a person is experiencing love, hate, fear, joy, whatever it is. They spaced these photos out ten seconds apart. What happened was, or what started happening was, up to seven seconds before the next photo would arrive on the screen, the person's brain was already transmitting to the computer what the next image was going to be before the image even showed up. What does that tell you? That we're getting a stream of information and it's the decoding process that takes time. And then we're putting it out. So the people are already experiencing what the next image was going to be before it even showed up on the computer screen. We're living in a delayed reality. Our consciousness is literally being streamed in here like a frequency. And this avatar body is a biological robot that has the capability of encapsulating and encasing it into a temporal kind of a prison, I call it in a way. Temporal meaning in time. And everything in the brain, the magnetite crystals that are set to a specific frequency, that harness that, that, that inbound energy and encase it in us so that we can animate this avatar and move it around the planet and navigate through this matrix uh, to get things, quote, unquote, accomplished is all it is. We're, we, we have a powerful body. That is, that is energetic and on the grid, that it is made of divine energy and light. Every atom in your body is made of light because all that exists is light uh, So, and consciousness. So we have now found a way uh, you know, in the third dimension to inhabit these light bodies and animate them. But the avatar body will then eventually will shed the body and the energy will recycle back into the spirit energy, will reconnect with the universal consciousness, and then a decision will be made By who or what, we don't know exactly this moment, when to come back, who to come back as, what dimension to go to, what planet to be on, and what you will even be. Maybe you won't be a human next time. Maybe you'll be a blade of grass. I mean, it's, you know, questions arise more questions.
1: (laughs) Blade of grass. You had to say something that was as, you know, little and meaningless (laughs) as you could think of, but... (laughs) But now people think that we come here to grow our spirit or to grow our souls and to experience evolution or, you know, raise ourselves up. Is that something that you see in the tablets and what you see when you're reading? Or is it something that you came to conclusions elsewhere?
0: I came to the conclusion from the Sumerian tablets, uh, from also other ancient texts and scriptures, non Kabmati and various other scriptures that I've read now, texts that I've read. The Egyptian Book of the Dead, Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth—they all are talking about uh, if, you re- if you reach a specific level of consciousness, you will then understand and have, and, and then gain the capability of incarnating at will. In other words, controlling your incarnation process and having the capability of coming back with all memories or regaining your memories from the previous life. Um, so this is really amazing because this is talked about in the text now. A person that doesn't learn or collect enough data, this is what I i correlated to collecting data, doesn't collect enough data to make um, conscious decisions that are worthwhile to the, the universal consciousness, then come back to learn lessons all over again in various different ways. See, I see the, this whole system as a universal consciousness that has literally divided itself as uh, like uh, arms or legs of an octopus into trillions and trillions of entities all throughout the entire universe to experience itself subjectively from different perspectives and to collect information. And the reason why I said a blade of grass is because I think consciousness is in everything, even rocks, grass. Even in the items that are in the screen that I'm looking at right now to talk to you, that's conscious. To me, I think everything in this entire unit. Because why? Because when you look at the double slit experiment, you discovered that what? An electron became conscious. It made a conscious decision which slit to go through and when, based on observation. So it decided to be a wave or decided to be a particle based on who was looking at it. Uh, So that tells me that everything is conscious. And so how I correlate this with as above, so below, you have the human brain, which is encased in complete darkness inside of your skull. It doesn't know anything that's going on out here. But the brain has a few friends, hearing, sight, smelling, touch, You know, our senses. So your brain says to, your, to its friends, hey, guys, go out there and collect me some information. Just like the consciousness from the universe says, go out there and collect me some information. Live a life and send this data back to me on an upload. So the brain sends its friends out. The friends collect data, d- digital zeros and ones, brings it back and says, here, brain. The brain itself doesn't even know. I mean, the, the friends themselves don't even know what they've collected. They can't decipher it. Okay. They're trying their best, but they can't. They give it to the brain. The brain sorts it all out, then projects a hologram as to what's going on. And we navigate through the matrix based off this digital information that was collected by our senses. I think we're just an as above, so below of what the universe is doing as well. It's basically living through us, various different humans, various different animals, various different life forms, experiencing life every single different type of way it possibly can, and getting an upload back as to the data based on what's going on down here to what end and what full agenda? I'm not really sure about that. I just feel like, I feel like that's what's going on. If you take the universal consciousness as a brain and think about what the brain does and just scale it up to above, I think that's what's happening here in this universe.
1: You also do other amazing stuff. You've been doing uh, music that's really <laughs> yeah. reached, it actually reached in the billboards top 40 or something. Could, yeah can you talk about that I, I, you know as we close out this interview um talk yeah. about how you're reaching kids and in a positive way
0: yeah thank you i started pantheon elite records obviously i got the name pantheon from the sumerian pantheon of anunnaki <laughs> um they were you know considered to be the elite of the elite in terms of their minds and their strength but um, so the Pantheon of, of, of Elite Records, basically, I found a few conscious artists Donny Arcade, Cruz, Richard Wagner, Londrell, Jackson Turner, myself. And we started doing music at 432 hertz and 528 hertz, which are two very good frequencies for the human body and also for the oxygen and, and, and water in the body as well. Uh, and instead of taking the negative program, uh, let's use positive programming. We use conscious lyrics. I use a a combination of composed music written in a way to, uh, you know, give people the ability to go into deep uh, meditations and also have a good time and just have, you know, dance if they want to, but to frequencies that actually are helping and fixing the DNA in the body at the same exact time. And so we've now, um, you know, myself, Donnie, and Cruz, uh, we're on our album called Return of Enki, obviously Enki from the Sumerian Tablets. Uh, cause Enki was one that loved humans. So return of love is really what it means. And we put out the album in 2018 and it hit the, hit the, uh, billboard charts for eight weeks straight in four categories. R and B, uh, R and B slash rap sales, rap sales. Uh, it hit the, um, uh, what do you call a new artist? Uh, a trend like a trendsetter, or heat seeker, heat seeker album. And it made uh independent artist album as well. And, uh, wow. did that for okay. eight weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so it's amazing. Good for you, so music and, and it's all and positive, yeah, all positive, nothing negative. If you read, if you listen to it, what we want to do, was to reach the kids. We said, Okay, they like the beat now, let's give them some lyrics that's going to make them want to go research. So we said, Okay, let's put positive, conscious lyrics about ancient history, technology, you know, chakras, and all this other kind of stuff. So, this when they start learning the words. They start going, well, "What am I saying?" And they start looking it up on Google, and they go, "Oh, wow!" And now we created researchers, and that was the whole plan behind the thing. And It's really working out very well.
1: Good for you. I want to uh, share that with my daughter. I'm going to share that. See what they or my son. They they love music, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do that. Um, where can people get a copy of that and your book?
0: You can look up my music on any music platform. Just type in Forbidden Knowledge with the number four. Uh, also you can go get my book on Amazon, uh, amazon.com. It's, um, uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon right now. Over 14,000 copies have gone out between my website and Amazon. Uh, you can go to my website for Better knowledge with the number four to get a copy of the book as well. Uh, and also, um, uh, my schedule for all my tours and everything else, my classes that I teach, my mystery school and everything else are up there as well.
1: Oh, you're gonna be famous. I know you are. This, this, you're just, you're so good at talking about this. It's just so great. Will you stick around and do a short clip for my patrons?
0: Sure, absolutely, no doubt.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: No problem, thanks, it was good. Yeah, it went too quick. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. If you haven't done so, please check out my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. It's currently a bestseller on Amazon.com. You can look it up, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets by Billy Carson. In this book, I break down the metaphysical, quantum physics, esoteric wisdom of Thoth the Atlantean this information was written eons ago, and I've taken my time to break down all of the information in a way that everyone can understand it. So please, check it out, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. If you're into learning about the true ancient history and ancient civilizations, you have to read my book.